came from outer space to fill the world with terror. What earthly power can stop this terror? That's the signpost up ahead. Your next stop. The from outer space. It's another smooth one here on the podcast from outer space. A warm summer night here in sunny San Diego. Very warm. It's a hot one. And it's getting even more heated as the night progresses. It's about to be one of those shirt off episodes. Oh, now we've been having a lot of technical technical difficulties. Well, first, right up top, guys, um, listeners, our loyal legion out there, uh, Rob is not going to be joining us this episode. He is delinquent. (laughs) Delinquent. He is on some travels, on some vacation. And, you know, we had been slacking lately. We didn't want to leave you guys with another another week without us so me and adam have worked pretty hard and pretty tirelessly especially this afternoon (sighs) to bring you this top-notch episode i feel i mean what do you say quality content um listen i've i spent the whole morning i'm not gonna lie to you slapping rob's pictures on the side of melt cartons so if anybody sees him back east let him know that we love him we miss him and we wish he was with us Mm -hmm. um but you know as the stone, the Rolling Stones said, Mick Jagger, I believe, wrote it. You can't, can't always get what you want. I so, thought he said, "I can't get no satisfaction." <laughs> well, that too. <laughs> so, without further ado, uh, welcome everybody. Podcast from outer space. Um, I am joined by the one and only. You know him as Teabag Adam Narlock's in the house. Hey guys, thanks for listening. And you know I'm accompanied by my brother Ryan Scott. Hello, hello, everybody. And tonight. We are talking about Foo Fighters, not... No Dave Grohl. Not the band. So we're back to UFOs. We are covering the Foo Fighters of World War II, which in short, if you aren't familiar, uh, this is is, was an unknown aerial phenomenon that was witnessed in the skies above the European and even the Pacific theaters of World War II, most notably... From November of 44 until the end of the war. And yes, you're probably wondering, it is in fact where Dave Grohl got the name for the legendary band. I've actually been waiting ever long to hear you say that. And I got another confession to make. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to be your monkey around. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh it is where dave Grohl got the name uh huge ufo fan you know i'm i'm bummed we couldn't have him on the episode he, he said he was busy or something Sounds but uh, <laughs> so uh this episode we are going to get into the history uh for you guys we're going to hear some eyewitness testimony and we're going to discuss some possible explanations and even some conspiracy theories for you guys um, so right up front, research for this one comes from UFO Evaluating the Evidence by Bill Yenny. This beautiful book we have sitting right here on yes, our shelf. Bill okay. Yenny, is that how that you got to read on that? I, I would go Yenny. Sorry if we butchered your name, Billy. Or Yenny. Um, maybe it's Billy Any. 
Maybe. Alias. Research also comes from project1947.com. This is actually pretty cool. Uh, I don't know who it is, but they've collected literally, they have scans of actual like military reports. And I mean, all the official mm. government documents, uh, news clippings from, I think, like any UFO sighting from 19, uh, I think, 08 to like 1955. Oh, wow. Now, I read through a lot of these, and let me tell you. It's fucking dry. I mean, military <laughs> reports. Have you ever read a military report? Drier than an old lady. Yes. Um, now, <laughs> so, but I pulled some good stuff from there. And, uh, of course, we've got a great article, uh, The Foo Fighter Mystery by Joe Chamberlain, which I wanted to cite. Now, a little precursor, uh, if you will. Precursor, mm-hmm. is that the right word? Sounds good, yeah. Um, so, before getting into this content... I mean, the whole UFO phenomenon, it's no secret. Um, You know, the term flying saucer, I mean, yes, it was coined in 1930, I believe. But, I mean, it wasn't really prevalent in the U.S. until about 1947. I mean, kind of had some other shit going on at that time. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, a little bit. It was a little thing or something like that. Great Depression. Uh, uh, Yeah. But... Uh, I mean, there was a few isolated incidents with UFOs um, predating 47, but for the most part, 1947 is when the whole UFO phenomenon, uh, bandwagon, if you will, kicked off in the U.S. Um, For more on this, check out our episode on California UFOs. Now, the sightings mostly take place in late 1944 to early 1945 a full two years before uh, mainstream ideas of UFOs became a part of American culture. So, you know, just keep that in mind as we're going through some of this content and these sightings. Um, And what's really interesting about this case is essentially this phenomenon is basically like ignored by modern uh, ufology, ufology, (laughs) uh, as it might be known. Uh, I mean, you know, Looking back, these are some of the most widely reported UFOs of the first half of the 20th century. I mean, there is literally hundreds, if not thousands of reports of these. Um, And to this day, no one has been able to fully explain it. And nobody really even talks about it all that much. So you're telling me basically like the foundations for this whole field completely shrugged off basically. I mean, essentially, because, I mean, this is before, like, any sort of, um, well, I mean, there was crashes before this, but this is before, like, any sort of mainstream, I mean, this is before the term UFO was even coined. Mm. So, nobody knew, like, they were just like, uh, I mean, <laughs> like, as I was going through, actually, some of these reports, like, I feel like... I. I always have to remember, like, World War II, as fucked up and, like, horrible as it was, this took place in, like, the fucking 40s, you know? And when I think of the 40s, I think of everybody talking like this, you know? (laughs) Like, yeah, and it's just like... uh, like, they didn't know, they just saw these things and were like, man, ball in the sky, man. <laughs> like, it's just like, they had no fucking clue. Like, nobody had ever seen shit like this. Uh, I mean, some people had, but it wasn't like as widespread. Like, it was not like we know it today. Like, you and me, if we saw some crazy shit, we'd be like, oh, We did on the UFO, UFO episode, dude, right <laughs> yeah, in my own yeah. front yard. Or we'd be like, you know, what the, what the fuck is, oh, oh, it's a fucking UFO, it must be aliens. Like, before then, they, like, 
this was before the space race this was before we even mm-hmm, got to the mm-hmm. moon like nobody even knew that space travel was really even possible except for maybe the nazis and so it was like totally alien no pun intended no check pun out that intended. episode uh you know totally alien to these to these people that were seeing these sightings um do you think uh hg wells might have kind of ruined the whole now you've brought this up before and now you must have a giant bone to pick with hg wells oh i Did think he's great dude I, not a bone i think he's phenomenal I, he just pranked the whole country Wh- when was that what year was that 30 i want to say it was 30 something wow i don't even know anymore 1897 no 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 oh it's a novel (laughs) well then who did the fucking radio wasn't that it was him right it was orson wells orson wells did you say hg wells um wrong 1938 orson wells okay 38 i'm an idiot so well okay so i guess people did have an idea of like space but it was like that was totally science fiction. I mean, people that's, did think that was real. Right. That's what I'm saying. He like punked the whole country and then everybody's probably like, oh, okay, probably another joke again. Like you'd like the little boy who cried wolf. No one wanted to believe it. Yeah. Maybe yeah. they're I mean, discrediting everything. I that think happened. that is like a reason why this is kind of shrugged off, which I mean, we'll discuss like uh, a little bit later, but just, I mean, like, as I was doing the research for this, really, the only stuff... I mean, Foo Fighters are, like, talked about in a lot of, like, UFO books. Right. Um, I mean, Heineck talks about them, like, Project Blue Book, like, um, Jacques Vallée, shit like that. But they only, like, briefly mention Foo Fighters. It's like, yeah, this was a thing that happened. Like, they don't go into detail. Like, nobody really... I mean, I was... Fuck, I type in Foo Fighter. All I'm seeing is fucking Dave, Dave Grohl, Grohl yeah. and, like, the band. Like, you literally, you actually have to type Foo Fighter UFO to yeah, get any sort of, like, documents from World War II on this shit. And, I mean, most of the shit I found was, like, official reports and stuff. But, I mean, it was never explained. It was never gone into detail of like what it even was by the government um so you you have another thing you have other theories not just one other you have other theories why it was ignored yeah yeah i mean i think like uh, i mean like we said you know it wasn't really a big thing at the time mm-hmm. so everyone was like oh it's probably just some i mean what do you think like imagine the mind fuck <laughs> you're a fucking bomber pilot in world war ii you see a fucking fireball that you can't explain and you're just like uh well fuck it like i'm not gonna fucking i either gotta worry about this fireball or worry about bombing nazis probably yeah and i mean like i think a little bit of it which is in a lot of the reports because so apparently they came out and then people were like hey i saw something similar but i didn't want to say anything because like they thought they'd be grounded like they'd be like yo you're fucking crazy Mm -hmm. you're not flying anymore they're gonna fucking rip their wings (laughs) off their chest like you're gonna go into a fucking mess award uh or like discharged you know right um i mean also what we'll find out a little later is like they weren't really harmful mm-hmm. um so they were probably like you know they're not causing any harm fuck it you know uh definitely some pineapple express shit yeah i mean like you were saying like maybe bigger fish to fry they were right. fighting the fucking nazis um maybe they were like hey they're not they, these fucking whatever they are. They're not fucking with us. They're not causing any damage to our plane. So, um, 
we're not going to worry about it. Uh, we're going to worry about fucking saving the Jews and uh, killing that. The fucking yeah. I mean, another thing is like probably they were just like, maybe I'm just fucking like battle fatigue. I'm just seeing mm-hmm. shit, you know, like. Because UFOs, that wasn't a thing. So they were just like, what the fuck is this? I mean, like, fuck it. I'm fucking doing too much acid or something. (laughs) (laughs) Tired out from all those flights. And, you know, like you said before, it's before really the whole space race, before the whole space age. Mm -hmm. Probably before people even really thought about, like, oh, shit, it's possible to get some Alien technology or even anything like that. Made me think about some shit, too. Like, And maybe we get into this later in the outline. Probably. Probably, so I'll hold my thoughts. Well, no, no, go. Well, it's just like, okay. So we got these guys. I mean, flight relatively recent when we're talking about the 1940s. Obviously, early 1900s. Mm. We, it was like 1913 or right, something? Right, but the level of flight. Yeah, we had like the biplanes and stuff. Yeah, in yeah, World but War then I, they but re- like World War II is really when technology World- took off. I mean, it- you got like fucking P 51 Mustangs, P 61 Black Widows, B 24 Bombers. Like that shit was never seen before. Right, right, right. And it, I, when I was reading the outline and doing research and stuff, it just made me think like, yo, maybe aliens wanted us to have this technology kind of like greek gods giving the greeks fire for the first time maybe aliens are maybe oh, aliens Prometheus. made the choice like oh shit 1900s we can give human beings the ability to fly oh 1980s we can give these guys <laughs> technology to play video games i don't know man I well that is yeah i mean that is like a strong theory of a lot of like roswell shit is like we didn't get a lot of technology like right after roswell which mm-hmm. was in 47 mm-hmm. like our technology fucking it, exponentially increased. It like amazes the amount me. of sh- like fiber optics, um, fucking like shit that we were never even able to like fathom before. Happened. I feel like in the last seventy years, you've seen so much on the spectrum compared to like the whole last two thousand years. You know. Oh yeah, I mean it's like it's like that. we were talking about on our fucking uh, AI episode. Yeah. It the fucking curve. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. law of exponential returns. That shit fucking ramps up. And I mean, imagine the next fucking two decades. Or unreal, so. dude. It's going to be unreal. So let's get into some of the history, if you will. There are records indicating that Foo Fighters had been seen as early as 1940. And uh, sightings, you know, were here and there throughout the uh, years that followed. But uh, most widely known sightings were among the airmen of the 415th Night Fighter Squadron. Uh, These are also the guys who coined the term Foo Fighter. Uh, Apparently, this term comes from a comic strip, Smokey Stover. Uh, It was like a, what would you say, like Don Knotts type (laughs) character? Like a fucking goofy, like fireman comic whose catchphrase was, Where there's foo, there's fire. (laughs) And, uh... (laughs) Like, for lack of a better term, this just sort of stuck. Uh, A radar operator, Donald Myers, uh, from the 415th, referred to an encounter as, quote-unquote, another one of those fucking Foo Fighters. And apparently the guys used to actually say, like, they used to call them fucking Foo Fighters every time. It's very military. Until, like, I think it was, like, someone from the Paris press interviewed them and they just had to cut the fucking you know nix the fucking ace the fucking and you gotta just make say, it peace yeah, f- foo fighters so uh that's how the term came about 
And uh, many of the accounts take place above the Rhine Valley. Um, although there are a ton of reports from locations all over, uh, most notably Norway, Germany, France, Italy, Sicily, even the Pacific, uh, Burma, and Tunisia. So, you know, Foo Fighters were seen in both theaters of the war, uh, from the air and even from the ground. And not only were the Allies reporting this, but uh, there are several reports from the Axis powers as well. But, you know, uh, I was doing a lot of research on this, and this can be taken with a grain of salt as, uh, you know, I mean, Germany at the time, uh, even Great Britain now, like, they don't have, like, the Freedom of Information Act, Mm. so they can't get all these military reports and shit. No WikiLeaks going on. Yeah, yeah. I think it's, like, something like 30 years, 40 years or something from, like, secret uh, documents to be released. Hmm. But... But even then, I mean, the the Axis reports, I mean, like, Nazi records. Oh, I can like, only imagine how slammed yeah, those Yeah, and fucking, <laughs> like, so redacted, I yeah. bet. Um, so, 1944 sightings are uh, really when they begin to ramp up. So, you know, let's take it all the way back to November of 1944, when the most popular, known, and well-documented sightings of the Foo Fighters occurred. So, basically, what was being reported uh, in this time was strange, almost crystal balls of light uh, were reported as emitting hues of either red, white, or orange. And these balls would basically uh, track the planes, uh, and they could essentially, according to the airmen, fly circles around the planes. Like, um, of the planes that reported these, uh, you had the B-25 bombers, the P-61 Black Widow, fucking badass plane mm-hmm. uh and the british made bristow bow fighter bow fighter bow fighter and uh these uh these fucking balls would like follow them uh they would move from the rear to the front of the plane they would hover alongside of them uh until they would suddenly like shoot out uh either straight up or even straight out in front of the plane before disappearing completely uh and Despite their efforts, they cannot be shot down or outmaneuvered by the planes. Um, and, you know, some reports describe these fireballs as uh, almost translucent. And uh, some describe them as metallic or silver in color, surrounded by uh, the glowing colors mentioned earlier. So let me let me just get this straight because I was doing the research, doing the reading, and I'm trying to just put it in layman's terms, if you will, because... Layman's terms. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, it's a little over my head. I'm just so it's basically like I'm I'm trying to picture everything. You and I were flying over Nazi Germany, WW2, and all of a sudden this fireball just kind of appears and is just circling around our ship, doing weird stuff, but not like trying to harm us or anything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, most of them said like it would appear out to the side, and they'd see it, and they'd like track it. And then it would either, like, go behind the plane or, like, just shoot out in front of the plane and then, like, go straight up. Some said they would disappear. Some said they would disappear for a few minutes and then they would be back again. It's, and like, like, it's like me and Chris shooting fireworks at each other while we're drunk. <laughs> yeah, almost. <laughs> okay. Uh, I mean, a lot bigger than that. Like, mm. imagine, like, uh, like, that size. I mean, our, our listeners can't see that, but, like... You know, maybe like anywhere from like a foot to like five feet in diameter. 
big ass circle. That's not a footer five. Oh, almost. <laughs> yeah. okay. All right, all right. We got one of those like crystal balls here in the studio. All right, okay. Even that's still a good size. If I was flying, I could. Yeah, yeah. So okay. a little bigger than that. Okay. Um. So, uh, I mean, do we want to get into some of the sightings now? Let's do it. Yeah. Let's get into some of these sightings. So, here is a. I pulled one example of an early quote-unquote official military report this is a this is straight from an official military report made this is from december of 1944 to the commanding general first tactical air force and it reads we have encountered a phenomenon which we cannot explain she crews have been followed by lights that blink on and off changing colors the lights come very close and fly formation with our planes see they are agitating and keep the crews on edge when they encounter them mainly because they cannot explain them it is requested further information be furnished on this subject, such as similar experiences of other night units, see? Okay. Now, so that is like one of the um, reports from the 415th. And uh, as far as I could find, one of the first press articles uh, that linked all of this is from the New York Times. And this article is dated December 14th, 1944 and it reads floating mystery balls new nazi air weapon airmen of the american air force report that they are encountering silver colored spears in the air over german territory the spheres are encountered either singly or in clusters sometimes they are semi-translucent this new device apparently an air defense weapon resembles the huge glass balls that adorn christmas trees there was no information available as to what holds them up like stars in the sky what is in them or what their purpose is supposed to be so i mean what do we make of that article i mean right off the top uh there i mean there's a ton of uh articles on this because um press basically had free reign on this shit right so they could be like yeah shit like that so they could be like hey fuck it we're just gonna fucking report whatever we heard we're gonna fucking do it up do it up you know (laughs) spider-man's been spotted swinging around manhattan (laughs) man yeah yeah i mean like this this is probably like one of the the earliest news articles straight up relating to foo fighters uh i mean there was like a few here and there but spotty at best um so i mean this is one of the most popular ones now we'll go through a few of the other sightings from the 415th because uh these are probably the airmen who had the most exposure uh i mean like while we mentioned yeah there were sightings in the 40s and like throughout this the coming years uh these were like the most i mean and they documented them so well like all of the following sightings are from a report to the uh tactical air command from the co of the 415th and these are all on project1947.com right yep definitely Uh, check that out you can go see all the actual scans you know signed by fucking lieutenant colonels fucking co's um everything and uh they've got them all transcribed on there you can go read them for yourself uh so yeah let's get into some of these sightings night of 14 15 december 1944 in vicinity of erstein flying at a thousand feet observed large red light at two thousand feet going east at 1840 hours traveling at approximately 200 miles per hour night of 16 17 december 1944 20 miles north of brysak at 800 feet observed five or six flashing red and green lights in t-shape thought they were flak 
At about 10 minutes later, saw same lights much closer and behind me. We turned port and starboard. The lights followed. They closed in about 8 o'clock and 1,000 feet and remained in that position for several minutes and then disappeared. Night of 26-27 December 1944. Observed light at same altitude while in vicinity of worms. Observers saw light come within 100 feet. Peeled off and took evasive action, but light continued to follow for five minutes. Light then pulled up rapidly and went out of sight. Night of 30, 31, December 1944. Saw a group of lights flying around the air 30 or 40 miles east of base while flying at angles 9 and 10. Night of 14, 15, January 1945. Observed a large orange glow in sky approximately 5 feet in diameter in vicinity of Ingveller at 6,000 feet. Night of 26-27 December 1944 while on Vector 090 near V7050. During patrol, we observed airborne white lights. They were staggered evenly vertically and we could see from 1 to 4 swing at once. They appeared stationary at 10,000 feet. Night of 29-30, January 1945, about 0-10 hours, sighted a Foo Fighter about halfway between Weissenberg and Landau. Foo Fighter was off the starboard and rear at angles 2. Lights were amber and one was 20 to 50 feet above the other and about 30 seconds duration. Fucking Foo Fighter was about 1,000 feet away and following. The lights were about a foot in diameter. Lights disappeared when travel 34 turned into them. Now, I mean, there's a ton of these. Like, I just pulled some of the better ones, but uh, also in this report is noted that, in, and they noted this in the official report, in every single case where a pilot called um, ground control and asked if there was a bogey aircraft in the area, he received a negative answer. Now, did these pilots also ask for Major Tom? They did not. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> but I was I was listening to that song earlier today. <laughs> uh, so, you know, we mentioned the Allied sightings. So mm-hmm. obviously, we got to get to the Axis sightings. Um, now, this is probably one of the more uh, reliable sightings. Uh, this is from a German infantryman. And um, a lot of the Axis sightings can be taken with a grain of salt, but. Uh, this one comes from the German lines um, on a night of September 1944. A German private Immel reported this. It was a silver white like dull <laughs> aluminum. It stopped a few feet from the ground above some railroad trucks near us. It was round, but as it got closer, the shape changed to oval. <laughs> I raised my rifle and fired. As soon as the bullet struck it, it flared into the brightest sunset I'd ever seen. Every one of the 500 men in my company opened fire on the ball of light. However, the next morning when we reached the area, we found nothing. So, I mean, what do we make of that? Like, these guys basically see this fucking light hovering above railroad tracks... Uh, known hangout for fucking aliens mm. and they fucking start firing at it it flares up they go search for fucking rubble and they basically like can't find anything 
I mean, I'm biased because my family is Polish. Okay. And I know for a fact these Germans were doing like methamphetamine and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tweaking all hardcore, dude. And I've seen the effect of tweakers in my own neighborhood. So I could only, I don't know, man. I don't want to discredit these guys because it'd be cool if they saw some alien shit. I mean, who knows? Who knows? So, okay. So. Moving right along from that, then, uh, you know, take that one with a grain of salt. Please um, do. Also mentioned, uh, there were some sightings in the Pacific Theater. Right. One of the most well-documented comes from U.S. Army Air Force's 7th Air Force uh, 7 Bomber Command. Uh, this is from May of 1945 on a course to Guam. Uh, the crew of a B-24 bomber spotted two objects at their... 11,000 foot altitude changing from red to orange to white before dying out and then changing back to red. Uh, They flew parallel with the aircraft despite all attempts to shake them. And after an hour, one of them dropped off completely while the other stayed uh, no more than a thousand yards off from the aircraft. And when the B-24 went through a cloud, the Foo Fighters sped up and like as they came through the cloud, it was ahead of them on the other side of the cloud. Can I just say, okay, this sounds an awful lot like the first episode of Gundam Wing, an episode that we need to do in the future. Oh, definitely, you definitely. Know? That's that's just the vibes that I'm getting right now. The shooting star she She's, saw. Yep. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, you know, this is. Uh, I mean, it's exactly like that. Right. These things fucking following them for an hour and then just fucking boom, shoots off ahead of of them going through a cloud. Mm. I mean, come on. Come on. Like, what do we think that is? Like, how can we explain that? Uh, you know, speaking of. There's got to be some rational explanation for these reports. I mean, I've got another <laughs> confession to make. So... Uh, there's some possible explanations. I mean, you're probably sitting there asking, hey, there has to be some rational explanations for these reports. Gotta be. Right? Uh, I mean, you might also be saying, guys, 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 this is easily explained. They were seeing ball lightning. Of course. Of course. It was ball lightning. Uh, maybe. But let's just take a look. At a few of these, quote-unquote, explanations. So, ball lightning. Uh, This is probably the most popular explanation, uh, which, if you don't know, ball lightning is an unexplained, potentially dangerous, atmospheric electrical phenomenon. The term refers to reports of luminous, spherical objects that vary from pea size to several meters in diameter. Um, though usually associated with thunderstorms, the phenomenon lasts considerably longer uh, than split-second flash of a lightning bolt. So, I mean, any thoughts right off the bat on that, based on the definition? I, dude, like, I remember when I first moved to Virginia, I had never experienced, like, thunderstorms, lightning storms. Really? Yeah, like, before, like, I lived in Washington and Hawaii. I have thunderstorms all the time in Washington, right? It rains a lot, but like no thunder. Not, not like I experienced in Virginia when I first moved there, man. Oh, interesting. I, yeah, I just don't. 
I can't see ball lightning, dude. Like, I mean, yeah, while this is plausible, right? typically ball lightning accounts wouldn't follow a plane moving at such high speeds. Right. Um, there are no accounts where ball lightning goes straight up and disappears and flies in formation, changing colors, as described by the airmen of World War II. And this wouldn't account for the numerous sightings in clear weather conditions, which is basically mm-hmm. all of them. Um, so, St. Elmo's fire. Actually, one of my favorite attacks for all you video game nerds out there from <laughs> Fantasy Star 4. So, this is, if you're not familiar, a weather phenomenon which luminous plasma is created by an electrical discharge from a sharp or pointed object in a strong electric field in the atmosphere. So this explanation claims that, uh, you know, this was simply electrical discharge from the wings of the airplanes. Um, since St. Elmo's fire has been known to appear on the wingtips of aircraft, even actually Hal, uh, you know, my own fucking father, uh, he was a uh, fucking NFO in the Navy and he saw St. Elmo's fire a few times, which he said is pretty rare. Uh, sometimes outside and around the cockpit of the plane. But he said it was like, it wasn't like, as was reported, it's not a fucking ball. It's like, uh, it's like fucking Yoda or like the <laughs> emperor doing the electric shit, you okay, know, okay. with their hands. It's like that outside of the cockpit of the plane. So, um, I mean, for me, St. Elmo's fire is always going to be a movie. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I yeah I would I always associate that with something, but never like a weather phenomenon. Yeah yeah yeah. Uh, you know this. W- so again, Rob Lowe, plausible, but this would not take into account for the color changing, uh, the metallic color witnessed by some, the luminescent ball, or the maneuvers reported. And it would uh, it wouldn't race out in front or behind of right, the aircraft. Right. You know, it would just be on the wingtips or like right around the aircraft. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of the reports it like juts out in front of them, goes up, and then disappears. Like this, this just wouldn't happen. So, another explanation: aviators' vertigo. Uh, basically, this theory suggests that uh, Foo Fighters were a mere illusion. Uh, is there have been several odd reports by nighttime aviators. Uh, this guy, Edgar Vanaki, coined the term uh, aviator's vertigo as he studied this in 1945, concluding that nighttime aviators often hallucinate based on uh, using what they know to fill the gaps of uh, unexplainable sight or like disorientation that they might be experiencing. I mean, think about it. Have you ever, like, taken a road trip at night? Like, I used to drive down from Pittsburgh to Virginia Beach a couple times. And and you saw some Foo Fighters? I don't know about that, but, like, the trip. Dude, I feel like there's parts of the trip that I don't remember, and it seemed to go a lot faster when I was driving at night. I don't know, man. Also known alien abductee, lost time. D.C.? Yeah. Hey. Well, okay, so, like, this whole thing is, like, I mean, yeah, the mind plays tricks on you for sure. For sure. You know, I mean, especially in those conditions. You know, I mean, I can't even imagine like World War II pilots right, right, flying right. over Nazi fucking enemy territory. Oh, any, but, anywhere. And even oh, Japan, dude. Oh, yeah, that's crazy. Oh, especially Japan. I mean, you know, this is interesting, but 
This doesn't account for the numerous daytime sightings mm-hmm. uh, and sightings from the ground. You right. Know? And furthermore, if these were just hallucinations based on what the pilots knew, why would all of the airmen experience uh, such similar events? Well, it's not even just airmen, airmen dude. It's we're talking about infantrymen oh, and stuff yeah. too. Like it's that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, yeah, all experiencing like similar phenomenon. Like there's no way. No way. So uh, let's get into some of the more interesting theories. Okay. Uh, you know, we'll start with one of my favorites. I mean. Now, do we need to put in a disclaimer here? Oh, we will. We will. Okay. okay. Now, I mean, we are only gonna barely scratched the surface of this one as you'll see but uh i mean i'm thinking we could easily do maybe another two episodes easy a separate episode on this topic i mean this is this theory and um it is basically what is reported in the new york times as possible nazi involvement those guys are the worst so I mean, I was doing the research for this one, and (laughs) 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 I got to tell you, man, I went down the fucking rabbit hole. Oh, I I can only imagine. Dude, I mean, I was fucking... So I start doing the research on Foo Fighters, because I'm like, hey, you know, possible episodes. Starting at Dave Grohl. Yeah, it starts from Dave Grohl. It goes to, I'm looking up fucking every Nazi, Heinrich Himmler, oh, fucking Joseph Mengele, Adolf Hitler, you name him, I'm fucking looking him up. Uh, Google notifies me, you've been put on a, a list. Yeah. <laughs> we got guys knocking on <laughs> the door trying to check uh, out the no, podcast. But for real, Google is like, you've been put on this fucking list. Uh, <laughs> I mean, hey, uh, hey, Google. Just doing a little research here. Just doing research, <laughs> You man. know, like, if anybody saw my, like, search history, they'd be like, this guy is, is a little racist. Well, now imagine if Rob <laughs> had been doing this research because it would have been, like, half Nazi, half pornography. Oh, it would have been German, shy, shy porn. Right. <laughs> it's um, the weirdest <laughs> shit, like, man. It would have been... No, but seriously, they put me on a list. I mean, I've been put on a, to- a ton of lists. Like, what is I this, was like the no-fly list? It is the the list. The, <laughs> <laughs> no, no. No, in all seriousness. Dude, they all, like they always put me on a list. I was going through... Um, uh, man, it was it was like one of our previous episodes, maybe Mount Shasta. Mm. I was looking up a bunch of like government, like UFO bases or something like Department that. Department of Energy oh, type dude, shit. Put me on a list, right? Like I am, I'm probably on so many Google yeah. lists. But uh, <laughs> the whole podcast is I just mean, banned from the internet, dude. I went down the rabbit hole. I couldn't stop uh, like researching Nazis for three days straight. Oh lord! I be, and uh, I watched a fucking. Uh, I fell asleep the other day watching a Joseph Mengele documentary. Hey, there's some good stuff on History Channel. Wise, <laughs> there is. Hey, I fell asleep, and I got to tell you, I had some weird dreams. I bet. Um, Mengele. I mean, dude. Another one we could probably do a whole episode on if we want to get into fucking like eugenics and the crazy right, fucked right. up experiments he did. But uh, I mean, very fucking, very fucked up. Oh yeah. Uh, mental toll. This one took a mental toll on me. And after I was doing this research, I had to fucking go, uh, like, like I was doing this research 
feeling fucked up yeah. i had to go to a fucking i had to, uh, to get a palate cleanser go to a jewish deli and order oh, a fucking God. pastrami sandwich <laughs> with some fuck a bottle of manischewitz oh, you know man. <laughs> and i had to fucking turn on indiana jones yep. uh to you know to see these guys fucking get their asses kicked good good call. um yeah so i mean also you know side note if i may okay yeah what do if, we got if we have any uh Left-handed, red-headed Jewish girls out there. Oh, now we're adding Jewish to the mix. Oh, dude, diamond in the rough. Okay. now It's always ca- been like that. Now, as you were saying, caveat yeah. to this. Yeah. So, obviously, we're going to get into the Nazi involvement. Have to. And, it's, and it's, you know, we just got to say right up front. I mean, Adam, Polish heritage. Polish. I've uh, seen my family's name at... Auschwitz, like yeah, you know, dude. Jewish heritage, myself, and my grandfather, he fought in World War II. Uh, your grandfather as well, or no? Great grandfathers, yeah. Okay, they they escaped Poland to come here. Oh, man. exactly, like, yeah, yeah, on a yeah. boat, right? Right. Uh, and yeah, and you know, my grandfather, he fought in World War II, proud of his service. Uh, he actually guarded Hermann Göring at the Nuremberg trials, and I, so I'm not gonna lie to you, I wasn't sure where you're gonna go with that. <laughs> I've just heard people. S- <laughs> okay, not in the caveat section. We can't get into this now. Too many jokes, man. No, we Too just. I jokes. just want to say okay. right up front. Um, the Nazi, like, we don't condone. No, we do not any any of the Nazi behavior. We don't. And while, like, while yeah, this is all like, uh, you know, interesting theories uh, to discuss on in in terms of the podcast hey we we try to stay away from politics you guys know yeah that. and you know like uh this isn't like uh you know this shit was real we got to remember that right and we gotta we gotta think like uh while this shit sounds fucking insane like all of this stuff actually was able to happen right. and you know the proof is in the pudding and the fucking outcome of this was fucking devastating mm-hmm. to say the least mm-hmm. so Right up front, you know, not Nazi sympathizers. Not at all. Um, so, yeah, I mean, let's get into it. The Nazi UFO technology. Those guys were into a lot of weird shit. Oh, I mean, that yeah. That could be an episode on its own. Oh, easily, probably will be uh, far apart from this one because we don't want, I want anyone getting the wrong ideas. Right, Even right. though we put this caveat, not going to wind up like James Gunn. But... <laughs> I mean, it's no secret. Um, it's no secret. It's no secret. The Nazis had a super advanced scientific team. As we know, and I mean, if you don't know, check it out. I'll take you to school real quick. So essentially, uh, the Nazi scientific program was split up between the Allied powers after the war. And these guys basically got off the hook for war crimes uh, in exchange for their scientific minds. Um, Operation Paperclip. Look that up if you don't know. This brought more than 1,600 Nazi scientists to the U.S., uh, most notably Werner von Braun. Werner von Braun. Uh, I mean, this guy was a straight-up Nazi. He was a major in the SS. I mean, the SS was like fucking... Like, those were the guys responsible for, like, the architects of the Holocaust, or responsible for eugenics, like, creating the fucking master race. Right. Um... You know, I, it was apparently rumored he used to fucking hang the four slowest Jews in his factory Jesus. every day. And I mean, 
Uh, you know, he helped develop the V2 rocket under the Nazi regime, and he later served as the head of NASA <sighs> and was the main force in helping us get to the moon. I'd like, I think it was, uh, it might have been Eisenhower. I'm probably misquoting it, but like uh, one of the high level guys was like, if it wasn't for uh, us bringing over uh, Von Braun in, in Operation Paperclip, like we probably never would have got to the moon. Well, that's not true because Billy Corgan of the Smashing Pumpkins helped us get to the moon. Explain. Tonight, tonight, the music video. Check it out. Just saying. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, uh, I mean, back to Von Braun. I went to the Air and Space Museum over in Balboa oh, Park here cool, in San Diego. Cool. That's the only one I've been to, honestly. Oh, badass. Right. Um, and I've got all this shit in there. And they've got all this shit about NASA they don't even have like a plaque for Von Braun. <laughs> like, they, they just try to like forget that uh, aspect of right. their history. Oh yeah. Um, but I mean, you know, there's several like Nazi UFO theories. Uh, you know, many involve Nazis conducting experiments at secret underground bases. One of the major ones being in Antarctica, uh, which still allegedly exists to this day. Um, now, you know, this stuff might seem uh, a little bit far out there. Right. Well, hey, I mean, we saw in Captain America, <laughs> Hydra's going after the Tesseract. Well, Hydra... I could believe anything right now. Okay. Um, well, Hydra's, you know, they're separate from the Nazis. Well, still bad. Okay, yeah. Still, still bad, bad Germans. Um, yeah. but Like a lot of the women. Um, you know, this stuff might seem a little bit far out there, but... We do know this. Hitler and the inner circle, um, Hitler's inner circle, was extremely into occult beliefs. I've heard I this. I mean, the Vril, the, the Thule, the Thule, the Thule Society, uh, the List Society. Uh, you know, like Indiana Jones, like Rage of the Lost Ark. Which uh, we were watching earlier. Yeah. Great Had film. to, palate cleanser. Oh, uh, yeah. Rage of the Lost Ark, um, Last Crusade, like... Not that far off. Right. I mean, Spielberg really did his research. Like, they actually went out looking for, like, the grail, um, the spear that pierced Jesus on the cross, mm. uh, known as the Spear of Destiny, the, um, the fucking Ark of the Covenant. Um, I mean, Hitler wasn't superstitious, but he might have been a little, a little. stitious. <laughs> yeah. Um, now... You know, some Nazi leaders, you know, they firmly held the belief that the Aryan race were descendants of the extraterrestrial beings who established Atlantis. Hmm. Uh, now, if you don't know anything about, like, uh, the Nazis and, and these type of beliefs, like, the cliff notes are basically this. So, there there was this book, Vril, The Coming Race. Uh, this was a book by Edward Bueller Lighton, published anonymously. <laughs> Oh, I actually played that game the other night with my girlfriend. What? The Coming Race. <laughs> <laughs> okay. This book was published anonymously, no doubt, by uh, in 1871. And, you know, this we see offshoots of the Vril Society. This inspired um, this, this lady known as Helena Blavatsky. Uh, she was a Russian occultist who hmm. published occult and esoteric documents, essentially rewriting history um, adapted to like the occult beliefs um, and evolution 
Um, this was in 1888. Is that before Darwin? Uh, this was around the same time. Okay. So, okay. Be, yeah, like this is it is very important in like the um, – I mean, we don't have time to get into all of it, but like the upbringing of the Nazis, like you had Darwinism, which was like separating from the church, and this spawned like all these f- fringe scientists, like fringe occult people. Hey, right. um, so, you know, she published these books, which, uh, you know, she was a founder of the – theosophical society um which inspired this guy uh guido von list uh who was an austrian occultist sounds very fake uh this guy took blavatsky's work oh it's very real and this (laughs) stuff became very real right as we know um you know this guy guido uh he took blavatsky's work and basically like adapted it to the german people you know blavatsky's work wasn't like straight up racist but it was a little bit racist (laughs) but uh, this guy guido von list like he was like um no all these people like they came from fucking norway germany the aryan race uh this was in the 1890s um and then this guy lans von liebensfield liebenfields um this guy was the true piece of shit okay. in, in this whole connection this guy was an ex-monk oh so you know he's bad news he couldn't even make it as a monk <laughs> yeah. uh this guy was like a racial theorist and a cultist he pioneered uh areosophy areosophy you got anything more on that or this is like basically the aryan shit. oh okay like Ari- aryan race okay. yeah okay. yeah yeah okay um and this form he formed the list society in 1908 and the uh, Thule Society in 1918. Now, I've also heard it's pronounced Thule or Thule, uh, but the most I've heard is Thule, so we'll go with that. And clear lines can be drawn um, from the Thule and List Society to the early uh, Nazi party. Okay. Uh, most notably, member of the uh, Thule Society was this lady, Maria Orsic. Now, left up to some debate um, as to, like, what the fuck happened to her. Like, nobody knows what happened to her. Apparently, she disappeared in 1945. I think probably killed by Hitler mm. or the SS or something. But this lady was basically Hitler's medium. Oh, okay. And she apparently uh, received communication from extraterrestrials and allegedly received instructions on engineering their technology. See, Hey, I'm telling you when they want us to have this technology available, well, the Nazis, not us. Well, let's not put ourselves okay, in okay, the okay, same okay, group right, as right, right, Nazis. Right. When the aliens want human beings <laughs> okay. to have technology. Um, so now it's also said that like, uh, Maria Orsic, like, uh, you know, the the group of these, like, Aryan females uh, are, were apparently in the early, like, Thule society. They had, like, long, like, they grew their hair fucking long, like, past right, their right. knees. Probably long, Because apparently shit. their hair was antenna mm. to communicate with these ETs. Mm. Now, is that like Avatar? <laughs> Search me, dude. Oh, I've never seen it, but yeah. <laughs> James Cameron, possible Nazi. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. We're gonna get him fired no, from Hollywood. No, 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 no. We're not we're not here to he's a good man. James Cameron's a good man. I mean he did Titanic. Yeah, I'm I'm kidding. I'm kidding about that. 
But uh, no, but that really was true. Like they grew their hair long because it was the antennas for ATs, and she was Hitler's medium. Uh, apparently, like telepathically connected with these ETs. Um, well, I'm just saying, like nobody wants a girl with short hair. No, unless well, you're another girl, Natalie Portman. Um, no. no. Oh, yeah. She'll always be. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so another thing that we do know is uh, this is. Historical fact. Fact. Uh, Nazi Germany claimed the territory of New Swabia in Antarctica. They sent an expedition there in 1938 and had others planned before the end of the war. Really? Now, yeah. Now, the 1938 expedition, they actually invited uh, Admiral Richard Byrd to go along, but he declined. This was before we were in the war with them. Well... Um, so, yeah, I mean, that is proven fact. That's historical fact. Um, and according to the book, The Morning of the Magicians, which is a 1960 book by... You got a reading on that? I would think Louis Powell and Jacques Bergier. I don't know. Jacques Bergier. I don't speak the French. Um, we need to get that pussy Greg on here sometime. Okay. <laughs> this book by Louis Powell and Jacques Bergier... Uh, this connects the real society with UFOs. Uh, among their claim, they imply that the society may have made contact with an alien race and dedicated itself to creating spacecraft to reach said aliens. In partnership with the Thule Society and the Nazi Party, the real society developed a series of flying disc prototypes mm. with the Nazi downfall, the society allegedly retreated to a base in Antarctica and vanished into the hollow earth to meet up with the leaders of an advanced race inhabiting inner earth. And they're hanging out in Mount Shasta, right? They can travel around. And well, I don't know if there's a tunnel from Antarctica to Mount Shasta, but you never know. Who knows? Check it out. Probably not. I don't think. Uh, well, Although Blavatsky did write about the, um, what was the people that lived under Mount Shasta? Their civilization? Lemurians? Lemuria. Is that what it was? Yeah, she actually wrote about the Lemurians, uh, Blavatsky. So that was one of the seven races that inhabited the earth. Mm. Uh, you know, fucking aliens, and they thought the Jews were the fucking evil ones. <laughs> um, now... Another one going off this Antarctica theory. So this guy, Miguel. There's a lot happening in Antarctica. Oh, yeah. Apparently. Oh, yeah. So this guy, Miguel Serrano. Another piece of shit. Another one. Um, this guy was a Chilean diplomat, a Nazi sympathizer. Well, there you go. Uh, you know, he published The Golden Thread, Esoteric Hitlerism in which he claimed that Adolf Hitler was an avatar of Vishnu, the Hindu god whose role it was to protect humans and restore order to the world. Great job of that, Hitler. And this is what <laughs> James Cameron bases film around. <laughs> avatar, yeah. And so, you know, he, this guy thought that Hitler was uh, the avatar of Vishnu and was at the time communicating with Hyperborean gods in an underground Antarctic base in New Swabia and would lead a fleet of UFOs from the base to establish the Fourth Reich. Mm. Which would only last 250 years. Now, 
As we know, that's not that did not happen, oh. or has not happened yet. Well, let's hope it doesn't. Um, I think also I'd be at the top of the list. Taken from a Nazi sympathizer, so big grain of salt there. Yeah, uh, probably the whole salt shaker. <laughs> now, you know those theories sound a little crazy, right? A little bit, man. But again, this is cold hard historical facts. Operation High Jump. Ever heard of it? Never heard of it. So, organized by Rear Admiral Richard Byrd, who was asked by the Nazis earlier to go with him. He declined. Um, This commenced on August 26, 1946, and ended in late February 1947. Task Force 68 included 4,700 men, 13 ships, 33 aircraft. Operation High Jump's official primary mission was to establish an antarctic research base again i'm pretty sure this happens in gundam wing now this actually happened in real life oh, um, okay and they were apparently just going down there to do research research now, i'm like, no like military general or anything <laughs> it's no secret and you know I, do you send a task force of 4,700 men with 13 ships and 33 aircraft to do scientific research? In Antarctica, that seems like a little bit of overkill to me. I think they might have been uh, looking for something. Right, or they might have right? known something. Yeah. Right. Uh, you know, another interesting fact, uh, South America, known place that fleeting Nazis were found after World War II, Pretty close to Antarctica. Especially, uh, as you told me, Argentina. Yes. Not that yes, far. Yes, very close. Very yeah. close. Yeah. So, the following interview from Richard E. Byrd uh, appeared in the Wednesday, March 5th, 1947 edition of the Chilean newspaper El Mercurio. Mercurio. El Mercurio. Mercurio? And it reads... As follows. Admiral Richard E. Byrd warned today that the United States should adopt measures of protection against the possibility of an invasion of the country by hostile planes coming from the polar regions. The Admiral explained that he was not trying to scare anyone, but the cruel reality is that, in case of a new war, the United States could be attacked by planes flying over one or both poles. The statement was made as part of a recapitulation of his own polar experience in an exclusive interview with International News Service. Talking about the recently completed expedition, Byrd said that the most important result of his observations and discoveries is the potential effect that they have in relation to the security of the United States. Now, what do we make of that? Um... Obviously, this guy's saying, like, planes are attacking. Like, a lot of things I saw was saying, like, UFOs attacked him. He had, they called the expedition off because of heavy casualties. There was only, I believe, four casualties of the 4,700 men. Not heavy. Hey, um, but. I heard there were airplanes, trains, automobiles. <laughs> so, what, John Candy down there hey, right. doing a mess around. <laughs> now, I mean, what do we think of that, though? Like, what do you think he's talking about? Any ideas? Like, 
possible more proof of, hey, he saw some crazy shit down there. Right, right, right. Maybe they went down there to find the fucking Nazi base and they saw some fucking UFOs and these Nazis have gone back to the fucking planet which um, the Aryans descended from mm-hmm. and they're fucking living happy and fucking white people are better than everybody else land. Well, maybe this is like when the devil went down to Georgia. <laughs> or maybe... <laughs> Now, honestly, like what I honestly think he's talking about is just like, uh, I mean, this guy went on set, like, I think like five expeditions to Antarctica. Right. Um, and like you were saying, a lot of shit going on down there. I think he Apparently. was just, I mean, I think this can be explained as that a, this newspaper was probably embellishing what he said. Sure. Uh, B planes flying over one or both poles like i think he's just talking about like hey u.s needs to go form a territory like a base down here before Mm, somebody enemy yeah like can take it and then boom they can launch an attack from to basically anywhere because they're like in this central location right right right. you know like i mean this isn't like this isn't definitive proof that hey there's fucking UFOs flying around down there, but we're not saying it's not. <laughs> yeah, we're not. We're not saying it's not. That's that's the uh, that's the proof we'll use on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> we're not saying it's not, but uh, I do not believe he was talking strictly about ETs. Right. Um. So, getting off on these theories, another thing that we do know is that Nazi Germany conducted research into advanced propulsion mm-hmm. technology, including rocketry. Talking about like the V1s and V2s, oh, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Victor Schauberger's engine research, uh, flying wing craft, vertical takeoff. Um, you know, they, they were experimenting with this thing called the Bell, also known as Die Glock. Uh, also which, known as Le'Veon. What's that? Le'Veon Bell? Yeah. Uh, no. This is the Bell. This is like German UFO that some say could possibly have been a time machine and could possibly be connected to the Kecksburg UFO incident, which we mentioned on our Bigfoot, our Sasquatch episode. Mm. Check that out. Uh, acorn-shaped, bell-shaped UFO crash landing with strange occult markings one Mm. might say could possibly be this nazi ufo technology and they also experimented in circular winged aircraft now the foo fighter sightings were thought by the allies to be prototype enemy aircraft designed to harass uh the allied planes throughout electromagnetic disruption uh technology similar to like think about like uh electromagnetic pulse Okay. Uh, you know, these weapons, although, you know, like weaponized uh, electrics, electrics, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, this was never the case, though. You know, no airmen reported issues with their aircraft. So possibly failed technology? Kind of like a flak kind of thing going on? Uh, no, not like, like flak is just like to get them, you know, like uh, what it was like the Japanese would like fucking throw out a bunch of aluminum foil and they'd be like oh where the fuck are they like you know not like that right <laughs> okay it was more like uh 
we're going to shoot these fucking balls up there. They're going to send out these pulses that are going to fuck with all their radio shit, make them crash. Okay, okay. Um, now, while this, inter- this theory is interesting and... I mean, as we saw, it goes way deeper than what we just covered, right. um, to say the least. Um, I think it is unlikely because, uh, you know, the Foo Fighters, they never crashed an aircraft. Um, but the sightings did seem, the sightings of the Foo Fighters did seem to cease after the Allied powers captured Nazi territories east of the Rhine. Mm. where several experimental bases were located. Now, another theory some hold is, you know, possible government cover-up. Like, as we know. surprise me. As we know, like, U.S. fucking Operation Paperclip, they helped all these Nazis escape to help us. They got a ton of Nazi research documents, some of which we still can't read today. Right. I mean, who knows what technology they found out about and are just fucking not telling us, you know? Yeah, like imagine if those Nazis had just connected with aliens, all this occult shit, and were so far advanced, dude. Like that blows oh, my mind. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there was a fucking crash in the Black Forest. We could do a fucking another episode. Now. Ooh, we'll and another. eat some Black Forest cake. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh yeah, and drink some fucking. Uh, Hefeweizen. I'm there. No, but no. In all honesty, like um, possible government cover-up, or some. I think some say, like, especially in the Pacific sightings, they say that these were like they would fucking. They had some type of technology that could boom put these fucking lights up in the air as like a symbol, or not a symbol, but what, what do you call it? Like a fucking laser pointer for anti-aircraft guns. Like, hey, the plane's right here. We're going to fucking maneuver with the plane, shoot the guns here. Because hmm. this is where the plane is. Okay, kind of like a flare gun. Yeah, yeah. Almost. But okay. follows the plane and like, it's like a fucking anti-aircraft gun with a laser scope. Okay, okay. A little Red Rider action, if you will. Shooting mm. eyes out. Do Red Riders have laser scopes (laughs) (laughs) lasers um i mean you know like who the fuck knows um most plausible theory in my humble opinion (laughs) i don't know if you feel the same i think you know we could have been dealing with some type of metaphysical alien technology i mean there are some theories that suggest extraterrestrials could have some sort of like drone technology. And now we have drone technology. I'm just a hey, well. I mean, sense, not, like similar drones. Like think of a drone, um, but it's just like uh, observing our planet. Okay. You know? um, like it could like not even be an aircraft. Like it could be some sort of observation device and. Like, it's like their crystal ball, like fucking Wicked Witch of the East, Wizard of Oz. She's looking through this thing. And then we're, we're seeing it as a fucking Foo Fighter on our end, mm. like some fireball. And they're just watching shit because that's all these things did is they seem to like watch the, the airmen, they said. And, you know, it's not like we would even understand alien right. technology if we saw it, especially back then. Oh, yeah. Um, and I mean, this was like just... Like, as we mentioned earlier at the start of this thing, this was a boom in our technology. We went from biplanes to fucking all these 
crazy fucking propeller planes. Engines. Fucking Nazis are making V2 rockets. Right, right. Or like Manhattan Project was active from 42 to 46. Mm-hmm. Um, and as we talked about on our Cali UFOs episode, connected to possible um, atomic energy, you know, fucking with space time. These aliens, maybe they pop down these drones to say, hey. What the fuck are these guys doing down here? Let's watch them. And then in 47, we get cra- We start getting crashes. We get the Roswell incident. Coincidence? Well, it's like you and I have talked about before, off, off the air, I feel like. But it's like, what if we're just, you know, aliens are playing The Sims and we're the characters, dude. And that's an episode oh. for the future. Oh, that's a d- oh, Matrix, like living in a simulation almost? Right, right. And that feeds back to what if these aliens are just providing us with technology when they you know they kind of get bored with how things are going and they're like oh let's spice things up a bit let's give these guys flight let's give these guys nintendos let's you know <laughs> yeah yeah i'm sure they <laughs> i'm sure they came all the way from another galaxy to give us a fucking <laughs> nintendo <laughs> but, but, but no no i i i seriously think like hey 44 we start getting this technology we start i mean this is our first major world war so, right. i mean world war one was fucking horrible right, you know, right gases but this one was really where our technology was ramping up mm-hmm. and they're thinking hey you know what the fuck are these guys doing let's watch these motherfuckers and then they start sending down craft and you know that the rest is fucking history right as they say you know take all these theories as they come but um all in all um this is still one of the biggest unsolved mysteries of world war ii a firm explanation and understanding of what the foo fighters are is left up to debate i mean will like this will likely never be solved Um, i I feel like this needs to be like a poll question on instagram you know we want to know what you guys think about this i mean as i was saying earlier a lot of people don't even know what the fuck they are like they just think of dave Grohl. right well me included (laughs) yeah you you didn't know what they were before this i seriously thought dave Grohl was going to be sitting next to you tonight this was going to be a music podcast no 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 here we are but yeah, I mean, like, uh, you know, nobody knows what they are. Uh, in 1953, uh, scientist Bob Robertson of the Supreme Headquarters Allied Expeditionary Force studied the evidence uh, for national security purposes and provided the conclusion that the Foo Fighter mystery is, quote unquote, unexplained but not dangerous. This sounds a lot like Rob. <laughs> yeah, like, fuck it, whatever. <laughs> um, so, you know, according also, according to this guy, Andy Roberts, uh, he's a UK researcher who, he wrote a great article, uh, Foo Fighters, The Story So Far, uh, and he concludes, I firmly believe that Foo Fighters were a real, although non-solid phenomenon, and I reject the hallucination misperception hypothesis almost entirely these people's lives depended on being able to see and identify aerial objects very quickly one mistake and it was their last and you know he goes on to state that this could be a natural phenomenon uh similar to ball lightning or something completely unrelated that we maybe don't even know about Mm -hmm. uh but one important thing that he did note was, hey, uh, you know, we 
remember this all took place before modern UFO wave. Right. So these are completely unbiased reports. You know, there was no influence from Roswell uh, or any other UFO cases since then. And it is fact that uh, hundreds of airmen saw these things. And, I mean, these guys... You know, they belong to the quote-unquote greatest generation. Oh, like, hats, why, off. hats uh, off to these guys. You think these guys are going to all make up these fucking right. floating fireball right. stories? Right. And, I mean, like we said on our, I believe it was our Cali UFOs episode, like once a news story comes out, then like everybody comes forward mm-hmm. with like, oh, I, I saw, Mothman, I saw, I saw. Yep, yep. Like this is before all of that. Right. Like, these guys had nothing to gain reporting all this stuff. And... um you know, who knows how many sightings went unreported. Right. Right. And, uh, you know, once again, basically, no one truly knows what the fuck this was, <laughs> uh, why the fuck it happened, or what the fuck it could have been. Could be ball lightning. Highly unlikely. Uh, could have been some type of Nazi technology. Mm-hmm. Plausible. Or could could have been... Uh, could still be some type of alien craft or alien drones probably makes the most sense could have been dave grohl in a time machine you know (laughs) (laughs) i mean uh, someone's probably getting the best of him (laughs) (laughs) yeah he he doesn't want to be a monkey wrench but i mean what like given the evidence what do you honestly think I mean, I I gotta believe there's some kind of extraterrestrial shit going on here. Uh, yeah, exactly. I mean, I think I s- firmly, straight up believe that it's some type of drone. It's like, uh, it, you know, observation technology. It's like right. Neil deGrasse Tyson said. Mm-hmm. You know, to quote the famed astrophysicist, one of the greatest minds, one of the most well received popular scientists of our time great guy he says you know um it's like us even being able to communicate with an extraterrestrial race or like understand it it's like do would an anthill understand us paving a fucking major highway right like they would have no concept right us is the same they see these things but we just have no fucking clue what they are it's probably fucking uh it's probably like them on their fucking phones. Maybe it's some tablet game. These extra no, tra- Yeah, yeah. yeah like, could it be anything? Like, we don't know what the fuck it is. Right. Um, but you know, I mean, let us know what you guys think. Love to hear. Um, you guys yeah, think. I feel free to shoot us an email. Foo shoot fighters. us a DM. Foo Fighters. Um, the final solution. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 in all honesty, no, um, fuck the Nazis, uh, I don't think it was them, but let us know what you guys think, um, yeah, and, um, as always, guys, I mean, feel free to email us at podcastfromouterspace at gmail, um, slide in the DMs on Instagram at podcastfromouterspace, and, um, on that, I mean, I, I really don't have anything else, um, we're going to keep coming at you guys so long as we can fix these damn <laughs> computers. We've had major malfunctions tonight, guys. Uh, we're out here, though. We're out here. We're getting For it fixed. You guys. And we're, we're bringing this to you live. Uh, but, you know, we'll be back again. I think we have one more episode minus Rob. And then, you know, everybody's favorite, uh, Swinging Dick Rob, will be back. <laughs> Swinging Rob. He'll be Rob. back to join us on... 
a special episode that we have been doing a ton of research on uh, local here to San Diego. Yep, Excited yep. for this one. But yeah. Um, you know, we love to hear from you guys. We love interacting with you guys. Let us know what you think about these Foo Fighters. Honestly, eye-opening episode for me. A lot of good stuff here. Um, Jim Bean, uh, Evan Williams, if you guys are listening, we're looking for a whiskey sponsor. We love making some BLTs during the summer heat. So, Mila Kunis, if you're listening, let us know. Hook us up. Other than that, you know, thank you guys for listening and... Uh, as always, thank you guys so much. Stay cool out there this summer, guys, uh, and stay safe. And so long, and thanks for all the fish. <laughs>